0: This is the Sideline Slice, presented by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Here's your host, Jessica Cootie, and Huskers Radio Network analyst, Jeremiah Searles. Welcome back into another edition of the Sideline Slice with Searles. I'm Jessica Cootie and fresh like literally running from the deer stand you're in studio because it was closer to come to the studio from wherever you're hunting deer it was
1: it was closer to come to the studio i've been laying on my belly like chris kyle on a terrace (laughs) for the last six hours watching nothing but spikes run in front of me so you know deer season started much like the husker season really high hopes at the beginning and just bitter disappointment in the middle
0: oh wow that's you you went there you mean you got your camo on people can't see it in in the shot i got a little bit
1: right here there you go.
0: Uh, so no deers yet.
1: Not yet. Not yet. You know, but it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Season goes through Sunday, and my wife is still letting me go for now. So she's been fantastic in that. But we'll see. What
0: are you? You're using a bow right now? No, no. rifle. This Big is rifle. War.
1: Yep. Reach out and touch something. All right. We got a 308 short sitting at home.
0: Listen, you've been griping <laughs> about the weather for oh. literally I think a year since I've known you. You've been griping about the weather. This is this is your kind of weather.
1: Couldn't be better. I couldn't be more excited about the weather. I mean, you got a little bit of snowfall. You're not in the 60s and 70s in October. This is what November is supposed to be like.
0: You, you like playing in this too because I mean, Love we it. had the snow was coming down at Michigan and it was not like the cute fluffy snow. It was slushy mm-hmm. wet, but you like playing in it too. Yeah,
1: you know, and a lot of that just came from because we were a run first team. Team on most teams that I played it, you know, and playing in the NFC North when I was with the Vikings too. I mean, when you go to Chicago or you go to Green Bay in November and December, it's not good weather and so you know as an O lineman you love those games because it's just about physicality and grinding it out in the trenches and just a war of attrition in there and so I always love playing in these type of games
0: well uh, you know tough one for the Huskers and we thought it could be I mean just the way that Michigan is built and you know they are just they're a really good football team
1: yeah I mean they showed why they're one of the best teams in the country they're we, so complete too com- exactly you know there's no weak spot on that football team you know a lot of elite teams you look around like oh you know they're young in the secondary or you know they're missing a key receiver whatever you know they check every box and i mean i know i don't want to like not talk about huskers man that ohio state michigan game that is going to be so much fun to watch but yeah they're a complete football team they stumbled a little bit against rutgers and they didn't get off to a super hot start against nebraska either but you know they're able to show ways to battle find ways to adjust and ways to win and When you can lean on a running game and a guy like Blake Coram, you're going to win a lot of football games.
0: And they're built to be successful in the kind of weather that – they just beat Nebraska in, so that's what's going to be interesting about the Ohio State matchup. Is is we've seen Ohio State look susceptible in the bad weather when it was the wind was really bad against Northwestern. Boy, they didn't look very good because they're built on throwing the football, and so that's where it could come down to how Michigan is built versus Ohio State and, and how that outcome goes. Yeah, you
1: remember the game last year was the exact same way. It was snowing in Ann Arbor. It was gross. It was messy, and Michigan just beat them up physically on offense. You know, and I think that. Ohio State's going to rewatch that game from last year and be like, we can't allow this to happen again. And, you know, Michigan's just going to be like, let's rinse and repeat, right? Rinse and repeat. And as much as I sometimes give Jim Harbaugh crap for being a little crazy and man, what he's done at Michigan is pretty impressive.
0: Well, a tough one again, and it just, they can't catch, the Huskers can't catch a break, you know? I mean, Chubba Purdy gets the start, Logan Smothers beat up, no Casey Thompson, and Chubba's got the offense rolling. I mean, they were on a good drive, had a good drive going, and then he goes down, and I mean, just, again, can't catch a break. Yeah,
1: it's just been, you know, it's one of those seasons where you're just like one thing after another, and, you know, that's just kind of, it all started from, the beginning with losing, or not losing, but Coach Frost leaving after a few weeks. And then, you know, Coach McJoseph tried to do a great job of just keeping everything together. You know, that's a hard thing to do in it itself of when you come in an interim head coach and then a defensive coordinator gets let go. And, you know, all the things that are happening, you know, all, all that to say, I think Mickey Joseph's doing a really nice job of keeping the wheels on you know I don't think the program yeah the wins aren't coming but you know this is such an easy thing for a program to just completely go off the rails you know guys getting in trouble and they're not doing the right things and you know I think coach Joseph's done a really nice job of keeping everything intact keeping guys focused keeping things the way that needs to be in the preparation each and every single week I think that speaks a lot to our senior leaders too guys like Vokalek and Guys like Luke Reimer and Garrett Nelson and those guys that have played a ton of football here, just being able to keep the team focused on week-to-week, game-by-game, day-by-day as we come down to the back stretch of two weeks here, which is crazy.
0: We're going to talk about quarterbacks moving forward, but I did want to visit one more thing, Michigan game, bright spot, Ernest Hausman. You have been singing his praises and his growth each Mm -hmm. and every week, but boy, he, he looked good on Saturday. It's
1: starting to click. It's starting to click for him. You know, as a linebacker, the best linebackers ever are true reactionary players players you know I'll never forget when Levante David made his first start against uh I can't remember who he played with his first year here He had like 19 tackles, but he had like 14 missed assignments, (laughs) you know, but he was such an instinctual and reactive linebacker. He was able to erase some of those things, you know, and I think that as a young player and a guy like Ernest, you know, a lot I saw from him was growing, thinking, making sure he's in the right fit, making sure he's in the right scheme and his gap and all that, you know, and that takes away from your kind of your stinger and your aggressor. And I think this game, he was able to just kind of really cut it loose because he's so much more comfortable with his scheme. And he's so much more comfortable with what they're doing on defense that he's not thinking about assignment anymore he's just playing true reactionary linebacker football of see ball get ball plug him in the hole really excited about his growth this year and he's gonna be a big piece um, through the back two games here and going into next season
0: I think he played mostly outside linebacker defensive end in high school and so he's really just playing inside linebacker for the first time but they say he lives in the film room and then he's just a freak athletically mm-hmm. so it's it's just again that's a true freshman out there that things are just starting to come together yeah
1: and when you have young players that are making huge strides in their first year I mean the jumps to second years can be huge
0: which you you talked about um, you know earlier in the season about you know when when in the past when Huskers have played so many close games they haven't been able to get that young talent out there to develop and so maybe not ideal to have Ernest out there initially but this is going to probably pay dividends for him in his career to have all this experience here as a freshman
1: yeah you know I talk about all the time even it's the I equivalent true freshmen and rookies in the NFL very similar you're going to take your lumps with them just because they're young but if you're willing to ride it out with them and stick it out with them and roll through the growing pains of the roller coaster that is a young player, by the time they hit years two, three, four, you're looking at super high caliber players. I mean, you're talking potential first couple round guys because of the athleticism, but game changing guys, program changing guys, leaders. I mean, all those things come because guys play young and they roll through the punches, but then they just continue to grow and develop. And guess what? The young guys watch those guys, how they do it. And then they want to emulate that.
0: Well, uh, Mickey Joseph announcing today that Casey Thompson did throw, and again, Ooh. it might be day-to-day, but the potential of Casey playing, how much does that change your feeling of it's, this game?
1: It's huge. You know, anytime you get your starting quarterback back, it's going to give you so much such a better chance to win the football game. And you know, and there's been throws that I think Chubba has missed that both everyone, probably you and I both go, man, Casey probably makes that throw. And you know, I think the one that really sticks out to me is the Minnesota game. You know, you had, I think it was Trey Palmer deep, or maybe Warks Washington deep on a corner there towards the south end zone and it just missed it a little bit which should have been six points ended up being just a I think we scored a field goal on that drive you know so those are the type of plays that Casey Thompson can make for you that are game-changing plays you know seven points versus three points is a big deal when you're talking about November football in an offense that's sputtering or trying to ball control a little bit more you know so getting him back could be really really big for this offense Family traditions mean great food. With treasured Italian family recipes passed down for generations, Valentino's has become Nebraska's classic Italian tradition for 65 years.
0: All right. So here we go. Another week, another great running back. And probably (laughs) you've loved uh, Braylon for Mm. last year. You were a big fan of his. But we've seen every single week a really, really good running back. Rank the running backs here in the Big Ten.
1: Oh, boy. Oh.
0: Rank them for guys you think could... Uh, let's start with you wanna who, go- who you would want to block for.
1: Oh, Mo Ibram, number one. Okay. Mo Ibram's Mo the number one guy I want to block for because I think that he reads the run game the best out of anyone. He may not be the fastest, but his patience and his vision. Are incredible and I will say we want to sign him at the agency really bad but you know I think he'd be the number one guy that I want to block for number two is Braylon Allen mostly because he's so young you know like you just see like dude the miles that kid's got left on him is just incredible and you talk about vision and patience and growth like he's has that for I think he's only 19 this year you know so for a guy that young to see the, the growth from him from year one to year two is fantastic as well probably Chase Brown have to go with him at number three you know, I, whew, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to just keep, there's so many, you know, and that's what makes the Big Ten so great uh-huh. is that you have so many backs. And then Blake, oh gosh, Blake Corm's up there too.
0: Yeah, and I, Anthony Grant, and Anthony you Grant, like Anthony Grant.
1: I like Anthony, I like Blake <laughs> Corm I, You know, another guy under the radar is Evan Hull at Northwestern. Yeah. Like he's having a really good year. I mean, you just, you go across the board and you're starting to see that's what makes the Big Ten the Big Ten is the run game. The run game is why people love the Big Ten. It's why the NFL loves finding offensive linemen from the Big Ten. It's why they love finding running backs from the Big Ten because it's kind of what we're known for and what we're built for. And so you're going to face one every single week. Last year, I felt like it was every week we were talking about an edge rusher, right? Like mm-hmm. last year, it was like, hey, is it George Karloftis this week? Or is it John Harrison from Ohio State? Or is it Chase Young? Know, like it just felt like now it seems like this year there's a big shift to more the offensive side of the ball where there's so many more weapons offensively in the Big Ten this year than there were last year.
0: So I asked you which one you would want block for which guys do you think will have the best NFL careers 1 through 3
1: 1 through 3 I think right now most NFL ready is probably Blake QUORUM. um just because of his experience and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield I think is going to really help him um number 2 is probably Chase Brown um number 3 Mo Ibrahim and I, the reason I say that is I think Mo Ibrahim's going to get a little bit of the <clears throat> Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon of like, how many miles do you have left in you after what Minnesota's handed you the ball so many times? Yeah. Like, and you had the Achilles injury when you've had some ankle injuries, you know, his durability will be a question that the NFL uses. And he's just not that fast. You know, he's a great grinded out in between the tackles, gonna fall forward and get you four or five. But the NFL likes those home run hitters like the Jonathan Taylors, like the Dalvin Cooks that can turn the corner and put that 4-4 speed to use and really turn it.
0: Okay, so Wisconsin, they've been up and down. You know, it's been a crazy season for them, too. They've looked like world beaters at at times, and then they've just not looked very good at times, too. I mean, what's your big takeaways after watching them? I don't
1: know. I I don't. (laughs) It it really, it's like it's Jekyll and Hyde with Wisconsin. It's like, who's going to show up, you know? And it always seems that we always find to hit these teams at the end of the year when they're kind of hitting their stride, right? Like Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin both at the beginning of the year were completely sputtering Yeah, and now they're kind of figuring it all out as they head into November and you know I think a big piece of that is because they're starting to rely more on their run game offensively and defensively that Wisconsin defense lost a ton last year. I mean you talk about losing Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel the two All-American linebackers that go to the NFL and are both starting in the NFL right now. You know, there's a lot on that defense that had to get figured out, but they're starting to click. They're starting to get it going. And I think the thing that Wisconsin's doing really well is just pounding the rock and controlling the ball you know, uh, uh,
0: here we go. Here
1: we go again. I mean, Minnesota, <laughs> Iowa, I'm going to say it again next week when we play Iowa. That's everyone's game plan right now is pound the rock, control the ball and wear a defense out. And when you talk about a team and what Wisconsin going to look at Nebraska, and it's what I've said for the last two weeks, like Nebraska's going to fight you if everything they have for as long as they can, but we're just missing depth on the defensive front to be able to sustain that fight through those three, four quarters.
0: And even just one or two drives that would have yeah. been extended would have been a massive help in every one of these last three games, just extend a couple more drives and then score points, yes, yeah. but like. You know, it's just a defense, it just is going to wear down on you. And that's what they said, is is these teams want to control the clock, and that's what they do, and that's why they do it. Yeah. Because absolutely. eventually, it doesn't matter, it's just going to wear you down.
1: And it's why their defenses are playing so well, because they're yes. rested. Yep. You know, they're rested at the end of the season. They're not running on fumes. You know, I think Nebraska's defense, the last few years, as we've gotten towards the end of the year, they've played so many more snaps than the offense have had. Like, they're just wore out. They're beat up. Everyone's beat up this time of year. But it's how do you keep those defensive linemen fresh, those linebackers fresh? you make it so that you have 40 minutes time of possession like Michigan had two weeks ago. You know, that's how you do it. And that's the formula that a lot of Big Ten teams use. And it's just, it's proven to work time and time again. Because like I said, I think Ty Robinson is playing at an extremely high level, but he just runs out of gas because they just throw so much at him. And he's just out there playing with his hair on fire. And Garrett Nelson's the same way. They're just playing so hard and so passionate, but the body can only do right. so much.
0: Yeah. Hey, Ty Robinson's a guy after your own heart. I saw him yesterday. It's snowing. Mm -hmm. He's walking and he's wearing slides, no socks. Love it. I said, where are your socks? He's like, I'm from Arizona. All I know are flip-flops and slides. He's like, also, I weigh 300 pounds.
1: Yeah, the insulation helps. (laughs) Um, You know, insulation's always a good thing this time of year. As I've lost some weight, (laughs) I've I've found myself a little bit more chilly. (laughs) Um, this time of year. But, you know, I love this type of year as an offensive defensive lineman. You know, the guys wear no sleeves. Uh, th- they were
0: out there in shorts absolutely. in the snow. Shorts and sleeveless and, Let me ask you, you,
1: had layers upon layers on. Oh, the headbands, I, I was, the mittens, the little hand warmers there. Oh, yes,
0: I had hand warmers. I even changed them out at halftime. I had on my hood and 85 layers, and I was still just shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan. Oh, well,
1: this weekend's going to be a lot more of the same. So. At least it won't be snowing. It, it might might
0: be. Um, never know. I hope so.
1: Not. I hope so, because I'll be listening to the game from a deer stand again somewhere. So.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. Cause there were a couple times that Greg came down to me, and I, my teeth were chattering. <laughs> you know. How's it going?
1: That's good.
0: Keys to getting a win over Wisconsin. Yeah. You
1: know the keys to getting a win over Wisconsin is you're to eliminate Braylon Allen. You know, as a defense, you want to eliminate their best weapon, and Braylon Allen is their best weapon. You know, so whether that's load the box, whether that's run blitzes, whatever it may be, try and find a way to make them throw the football and make them one-dimensional. Wisconsin's going to stick with the run game. So, you know, that goes hand-in-hand with winning on first down on defense. Um, And then keys on the second, on on the offense is you, you nailed it, sustaining drives. I mean, points are great. Flipping the field position, making Wisconsin go the long way, and making them try and make a mistake on offense. I think it's going to be really important. And then field position. Field position in bad weather, cold games, play a huge role. So that's the punning game. That's the kick return game. If you can get an explosive play in the return and give our offense a short field, you know, but just the sustaining drives and making sure that we get the field flipped for our defense is going to be big.
0: Players to watch?
1: You know, offensively, it's going to be Casey Thompson. You know, can he come out? And if he can't, you know, a guy like Anthony Grant or a guy like Gabe Urban or someone that's going to step up and take a big step and shoulder the load more against this as we try and sustain those drives on the ground. Um, But all eyes will be at the quarterback position, obviously. Um, On defense, I want to watch Ernest Hausman again. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to see, can he build off of this big week that he had against Michigan? Can he come out and start stacking? good performances and build a lot of momentum for himself going into this offseason for Nebraska and really seeing what we can come out next week. And also, if he's playing better, our whole defense is going to play better. You know, him and Reimer playing with the hair on fire is going to be some big explosive plays on defense.
0: You know, it's senior it's Day, last home game. Wow. And so for 12 seniors right now, and potentially even more, potentially could be playing their last game inside yep. Memorial Stadium. Probably Trey Palmer might be the last time he's playing. And he's talked about how much Nebraska has meant to him. So what are the emotions like as you're going through this week?
1: It's a tough week. It's, it's a hard thing, I mean, and I, I will say I never really got to think like, oh, it's my last game because we always went to a bowl game, you know, so it's never really like the last, but there's something about running through that tunnel and seeing the I play for Nebraska above the tunnel as you run out and the sea of red and the student section and meeting your parents and, whoever on the sideline one last final time, you know, it's a really emotional thing because you've poured your heart, you've poured sweat, blood, tears into this program. And these guys and these kids have been through turmoil over and over again at this place and heartbreak after heartbreak. And, you know, for them to go out and I think back to Coach Frost's first year when he got a huge win against Michigan State in the snow on senior day, I can't think of a better way to try and send these guys out than a huge win against a Wisconsin senior day, grinded out win, and Husker Nation is going to be a huge piece of that, being loud, showing up like they always do, and cheering these seniors on and cheering this team on one more time for 2022 before we head into probably a whole new regime change in 2023, which is going to just add to the excitement and build back up to it.
0: If you couldn't ask for two better opponents, bigger games, for a team that you haven't been able to find the win column, but it's, these are two games that you can get up for very easily. Yeah,
1: and, and there's <laughs> something to be said about building momentum into the offseason. You know, you never want to go into an off-season with a loss. And you can be defeated and you win that last game. It just propels you momentum-wise into the off-season program. So, I mean, a chance to go maybe try and stack two wins back-to-back back or, I mean, get just in the W column against big-time opponents, rival opponents, teams that have beat you handedly over the last few years and find a way to stick it back to them will give this team confidence. We'll give everyone in the building momentum heading into a 2023 that we have big hopes for.
0: Where does uh, Wisconsin rank on your hate list for...
1: High. Very, very high. (laughs) Very high. You know, they Is Iowa one,
0: though?
1: Iowa's one. Wisconsin's a 1A. (laughs) You know, like, they're not even... They don't deserve a two. They're a 1A. You know, I have no love for the Badgers. You know, we beat... They beat us really bad in our first Big Ten game ever up in Madison. Russell Wilson ran all over us, and they were singing karaoke in the fourth quarter. You know, I got a chance to get them back the next year uh, here in Nebraska against, uh, you know, alternate union night game and we beat them which was great and then they handed me my worst loss of my career in the Big Ten Championship you know so I have no love for these dudes <laughs> there is nothing that I would love more than for Nebraska to just rub these dudes face in it
0: all right, you're gonna go get a deer or what
1: that's the plan uh you know I'm gonna go try and keep shooting a deer here I gotta put meat in the freezer so I'm pretty sure I'm getting to the point now where if it's brown it's down so if it walks out in front of me it's gonna take a 308 shot right to the chest
0: all right well we got uh two big ones left so we'll be back again for next week and then We'll, the next few podcasts we will have some interesting topics to be talking yes, about. We will. All right. For Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Cudi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sideline Slice presented by Valentino's Pizza, the official pizza of the Huskers. Go Big Red. Valentino's, a slice of home you just can't get anywhere else. What started with a treasured family recipe in Lincoln, Nebraska has become a classic Italian tradition for 65 years.